This is High Stakes from Gerard Phillips, Kate, and Hancock. I'm David Schiffrin with the High Stakes Podcast, and just a quick request before we get started to subscribe to the podcast. Um, Certainly you can do that through Apple Podcasts, but lots of other platforms as well where you can find us. Uh, A lot of people listen through our website, which is great, but if you subscribe, you can get each new episode dropped onto your computer or your phone as it's released. Um, It's just a good way also to help us get the word out. And so uh, to that end, also please tell a colleague, tell a friend who you think might find uh, the stuff that we talk about valuable. Uh, anyway, so today I'm talking to Reed Smith, Gerard's VP of Digital Strategy. Uh, and so Reed, I uh, wanted to talk about you know, what happens at the restart that we're coming into right now, providers starting to ramp back up their kind of non-COVID operations. You know, we know from the survey that we released a couple of weeks ago that trust in providers is high, higher and high. So there's a great opportunity there. We also know that providers, especially in the last year or two, have come under a ton of fire, and you've been really focused on reputation management in general. So now that the initial acute phase of the crisis is starting to recede, I mean, a lot of people are still in the surge and everything, but yeah, we're starting to look past that. And so you know, people are going to start to, to dig out a little bit, and there are going to be questions about billing practices. We're already seeing that. I mean, you just mentioned... Some hits providers are taking on social media for different things mm-hmm. that their teams are putting out. You know, so I guess the the first question is like, what are what are the what are some of the initial considerations that Marcom teams need to be looking at mm-hmm. as they evaluate? You can't just assume that the goodwill is going to last or that it's even there for your specific organization. Yeah, so I think there's a couple of different things that that I'm seeing, and I went back actually and looked at Facebook specifically for all the clients that we've done COVID related work for. And for the most part, the content we're seeing and the reviews specifically that they're getting on those accounts are not a ton, number one, and they're not necessarily negative. I mean, I, I would, I would guess it's, it's a little bit hard to tell on Facebook, right? But because it's either kind of like a, yes, I recommend or no, I don't, you know, kind of, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't tell if it's like a 4.0 or a 5.0 or whatever, but you know, what I'm seeing, uh, the negativity is around PPE related comments. If it, if it has to do with COVID is around PPE, but the positive stuff far outweighs the negative so far. Now, again, this is a, this is a pretty small subset. I mean, these are I'm guessing 50-ish, 40, 50 Facebook accounts, something like that of systems across the country that we've we've done some work for. And so I think that's interesting. So I think that pretty quickly moves down the track. But I think one thing we've got to keep in, in mind relative to like, for example, PPEs is people's comfort level around safety and some of those types of things, right? And so is this something we need to make sure we have a plan around and messaging around going forward? Because it's not going to slow down anytime soon, right? And so the likelihood of people coming back to the hospital and needing to come back to the hospital, and I've heard several folks in the office uh, say this, what was an elective and, and could have been put off you know, a couple of months ago is becoming less of an elective now, right? Like people are in pain and they need to get back, you know, they get something done, yeah. right? Yeah. Like a hip surgery is technically elective, but man, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe you need a knee replacement or, or something like that. You know, a- again, I think 
people are going to be coming back and we're going to have to make sure we understand, you know, that it was something people weren't talking about before all of this. Like nobody thought much about PPE. Like nobody knew what that was. <laughs> the acronym certainly, and they didn't care about it as a consumer necessarily in the vast yeah. majority, right? It's kind of like you go to the doctor's office and there's the person in the corner coughing and wiping their nose. And you're like, oh man, what are they doing? Like, you know, wear a mask, cover your mouth. But it, it wasn't mm-hmm. a real thing. Now we look at that as, as not just kind of an annoyance or a potential for getting sick, but like, hey, this could kill me. Right. Right. So that's that's one thing. I think the bigger piece of it, so some of it's still a little bit unknown as, as we're not really seeing Google reviews coming in, for example. We're seeing a smattering or just, you know, of Yelp reviews here and there, kind of depending on market. Again, as we've talked about in the past, you know, we're seeing some of those in some of those Yelp specific markets like in Austin or the state of Florida or you know, some of those that are a little higher utilization, but, but still not very many. I think one thing that we have seen in a higher volume are the employee reviews or employer reviews, however you want to say that. So Indeed and Glassdoor. So it's a little bit harder to see Glassdoor without logging in with a Glassdoor account and that kind of thing. But looking at Indeed, it's much, there's a heightened, it's not slowing down. Let me say that. So there's still a lot, there's a lot more reviews being written on those same accounts, those same 40, 50 hospitals. When looking at Facebook, there's more, if you look at the March, April timeframe, there's more being written on the Indeed side of the equation than the Facebook side of the equation. That's really interesting. I mean, that's very suggestive of kind of where the concerns lie because, and we talk at the yeah. firm all the time about you got to get your internal house in order right. before you can kind of go out to the public. And that's a great example. Like if, if employees either do feel comfortable or don't feel comfortable and they talk about either one of those it's, it's really powerful. Right. Yeah. And we're not seeing uh, really any mentions of COVID over on that side of the equation. So on the in, like Indeed reviews, right? But I think what's interesting is I don't know that you're necessarily going to see anybody mention COVID. I, you know, there may be some analogous type topics. Again, I haven't seen much at this point, but it it is about, is this a good place to work or not? And so I think, Anytime you get into a pandemic or kind of what we're looking at now, it's just going to amplify what's already there or exacerbate what's already there. So if it's already a good place to work, it's probably going to become a better place to work from a perception standpoint because of the people's passion and, and you know, tied to the organization and what they're, you know, feel called, you know, to, to spread the good news, right? Yeah. If it's not a great place to work or there's a lot of turnover, things like that, then things like this are going to exacerbate that side of the equation. And you're going to hear more about how, how bad the leadership is, or, you know, they don't pay enough or, you know, whatever the scenario is. And so, you know, we see that obviously on the the consumer side, but I think the employee side is going to be something that we really need to keep uh, an eye on because it's not something we've spent a lot of time looking at historically, at least not in the marketing and communications department. Uh, do you think there's going to be kind of a flood of comments and reviews and feedback from the general public once things settle down? Like, do you think people will go back and say retroactively how their experience was or is that hard, kind of hard to say? 
Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's a great question and probably somewhat hard to quantify. Cause again, we may turn the fire hose back on from Google, for example, and stuff comes flooding in, or maybe, maybe it doesn't, you know, initially I, we weren't seeing a lot of reviews because I think people were, you know, they were focused elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. We were yeah. That's exactly it. It's like people, people don't have the time to, to yeah. get on it, Google or Yelp. Well, and they're responding in the moment on a piece of content more than they were historically, because we were posting new visitor guidelines, you know, COVID-related materials, things like that. And so that, that they were hyper-focused on the content that we were posting and responding kind of uh, on topic, you know, in, in the thread, if you will, mm-hmm. not writing a separate review necessarily, because most of these folks were not coming in, Right. We, we saw, you know, a big uptick in private messages and people asking questions about they have a loved one that's in the ICU. And so it has to do with the visitor policy piece. A lot of questions on labor and delivery. I'm due in June. You know, is my husband going to be able to be there? What about it says here, labor and delivery. What about postpartum? And people were very uh, specific in their questions. And I think it really heightened the, the need to really think about how we're messaging and how we're talking about things. Because when we said you can have one, you can have one visitor in labor and delivery. Well, what about postpartum? Well, it's like, well, right, right. No, no, we meant that. And so we, we have to be really explicit in the way that we're talking about these things because people don't know, you know, where one stops and one goes. And then, well, you know, I'm scheduled for a C-section. Can he come in the OR? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> you know, so yeah. like then you're, you're running around trying to, you know, find answers to all these questions. And so that we saw, uh, you know, kind of a, a big uptick in, in kind of that world. And I guess it doesn't, it almost doesn't matter what the message is, right? It could be, the message could be, yeah, I'm sorry, you can't have visitors, but as long as you're clear about what that actually means and why that is yeah. and how it relates to safety, then you, you've, yeah. you've been clear and people may not like it, but they'll say, okay, they, they, you know, it really sucked being alone, but I understand where they're coming from as opposed to, well, nobody, everybody gave me the runaround. Nobody knew what was going on and I was miserable right. and alone. So like, that's the difference between bad feedback and, either well, positive or no feedback. And I think this just heightens the need. And this, this is one ta- the one thing that I've really kind of taken away from this and the understanding of these organizations is making sure that marketing communications and the digital team and who, you know, whoever's interacting and, and communicating online is in lockstep with it operations and like who's making these decisions around visitor policies. Yeah. Because that's one example of, can my husband be in the OR? And then the person on Facebook's like, I have no idea. Like, I would think so, but I don't want to say that. Let me go find out, right? But then there's other pieces, you know, that, that are that are similar where it says, you know, I've seen several visitor policies and I've seen questions out of these visitor policies around things like not just L&D, but... Hey, it says, you know, that so you know, basically like somebody in the ICU can have uh, one caregiver. Who? What's a caregiver? Is that a yeah. family member? Is, is, is a family member a caregiver? I mean, I'm her grandson. And it's like, okay, but are you her caregiver? You know, it's like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Right? And, or, and this is, or, or, you know, people say, you know, or elderly patients. Well, what's an elderly patient? 
well, what about a 55 year old that has, you know, a movement disorder? Well, they're not elderly, but are they critically ill? Like how, so again, I, you know, we've got to be sure that we're defining and or at least we've got, you know, everybody on the same page because the things that are, that I'm seeing hospitals run into, I'm thinking of a system right now that's in, a, in, in one geographical market with six different hospitals, like around town, if you will. Five of them are on the same page. And, How's that one doing? <laughs> and, and the one is interpreting their own visitor policy different than the other five. And so you're getting feedback online from people that are going to the one hospital versus the other hospital. Anyway, so we're, we're not even on the same page operationally, and, and we're expecting a communications person to be having these conversations with people in real time. Yeah. So it's, it's getting your mar- marketing people around the table, hopefully influencing the discussion, but at least being there to take notes so they know what's being said. But again, in an yeah. ideal world, being, being part of the conversation. And making sure that we're identifying those trends, those questions, those themes, and pushing those back up to folks so they know what people are asking and needing to to understand, right? Mm-hmm. And, and how that's evolving over time, right? Because several weeks ago, it was all about the visitor policy. Well, then all the questions changed to PPE-related comments, most of which were everything from, I'm a woodworker and I have two N95s in the garage. I'd like to donate them to, you know, I have a sewing club and we're making masks. Where do I drop them off? You know, and you're like, I don't, do we even need PPE at my facility? You know, and so, so the, the conversation evolves to these different themes over time and trying to keep up with, and making sure that the the operational folks understand that movement of that conversation, I think, is really important. Okay. What are kind of the long term opportunities uh, for hospitals and health systems to you know either cement their reputation, or if you were because earlier, right, you were talking about how in general this looks like it, this crisis looks like it'll probably either it'll accelerate whatever was there, and I, you know we're hearing that in a lot of different areas of healthcare. Right? You kind of your true self comes out in moments of crisis sure. and all that. But if, if, if there's an organization that is really trying to get it right and they've had some challenges, like what do you do now? Um, how do you use this as an opportunity? You know, I think a couple of things, and we've talked a little bit about this, but I'll continue to hammer the, the online listings. So making sure that the information is correct online, certainly. I think making sure, like we talked about, that our communications staff is in lockstep with the operations staff so they're able to respond in a timely fashion. And understanding, too, that especially in these times, unfortunately, like you don't get to not respond on the weekends or at (laughs) night or, or whatever, right? And so making sure you have a plan in place to make sure that the information online is correct. And then also that you that you're equipped with the right information so you can answer questions in real time, I think goes a long way in and of the moment. I think the opportunity, you know, as we kind of come out of the other side of this, as we look at things like reopening non-emergent services or elective procedures or kind of however you want to frame or define that, we have to start marketing again at some point. 
So how do you do that in a sympathetic and, and compassionate nature where you, you're messaging to the public that you're back open, that these are available? And ultimately, you're going to have to talk about safety and PPEs and things like that at this point, I think. And so I think making sure that we've we've gone through those scenarios now and we've talked through what those potential responses are and those types of things. And, and ultimately, we've got to start figuring out now, if you think about what's coming next relative to COVID and COVID type uh, messaging, it's going to be probably around billing and some of those yeah. types of things, right? We're already seeing it. I mean, those stories are always starting to pop up. Right. And so how are we responding to those? Like, what's what's the answer? Where are we sending people? How are we responding to it? Those types of things. And so, again, I think... There's a lot to be said for timeliness in and amongst online reputation. And so as long as we can figure out ways that we can uh, kind of predict a little bit of what's coming from a question standpoint, from a review standpoint, have our uh, responses, our messages queued up, I think that's helpful. And then ultimately, I think one of the biggest things that we're going to see out of this is the emotional side of it relative to our staff, our physicians, our nurses, et cetera. We were already talking about physician burnout before any of this even started. And so understanding that people are going to be writing reviews on Indeed, Glassdoor, et cetera, what's the plan there? Like, how do we claim those listings? How do we communicate and get those folks connected to people who can help and respond, I think is really important. And then I think ultimately, you know, continue to spread the good news, you know, I mean, and, and highlight the heroes within the organization not just for our reputation, but to really help people contextualize what, you know, what has happened, who, you know, is up front and taking care of these patients and what that looks like. And so I think those are all things ultimately that can, that can help us as we move forward. 